out the Junior High Ministry Podcast at Mariner's Church. For this and more content, check us out online at marinerschurch.org slash jhm. Hey guys, what's going on? Woo! I'm really excited. That worship time was incredible. How about the worship band? Pretty good, right? Man, oh man. Justin is just, he is just bringing the heat today with the people he brings for worship now. Man, oh man, they're incredible. How about those drums? This guy, he's like 12 feet tall. I love him. So this is the deal. When I was uh, somewhere of 1998, uh, 97, me and my buddy during the summer where we used to live in New York, I had nothing to do, which is not an odd occurrence. We very rarely had anything to do. So we went kind of searching for something to do, like just any normal junior high boy. Well, what we found was honestly beautiful. What we found was a riding mower that to, to us looked like it had no owner at all. So we felt that we should take it under our wing and raise it to be our own and ride it around and have shenanigans. So we got this riding mower and we're trying to make it work. And luckily enough, we have some friends. They're kind of like friends. They babysit us, but they live like right across the street from us. And they're like, they're like 17 and we just thought that was awesome, which 17 is not awesome. Uh, 27's awesome, and, uh, and, you know, losing your hair is awesome. So this is the thing. They, uh, they helped us fix up or at least try and fix up this, uh, this riding mower. But this is the problem, and we were on this. This is all one day, keep in mind. This is not over the course of weeks. One day. We're trying to get this thing started. It has taken us forever to get this thing started. We can't figure it out, and these guys are taking the, the top off of it. They're messing around with the mechanics. They're checking the battery. They're poking around. They're doing everything they can to make this thing work. They're doing everything in the world to get it working. Because this is, this is the thing, this is the thing. They wanted to ride it around too. Or it wasn't just us that wanted to ride it around like, like goofballs. They wanted, to, they wanted to pull skateboards on it. They wanted to run over toys and see what happened, which I wanted to see. They wanted to take it off a jump, which would have ended really badly for someone's arm, I think. But they wanted to do it. We could not get this thing started for the life of us. It was taking us forever. And at one point, I picked up this baseball bat. Keep in mind, I'm in junior high. I'm like seventh grade probably. And I think baseball bats solve a ton of stuff, just like waffles. And I grab this baseball bat, and I think to myself, I'm just going to start hitting it with this bat. Eventually, it's going to start, right? Because I'm a moron. This is the thing. You're not going to believe this. The whole reason this thing didn't start was it had no gas in it. Okay? No gas. And it took about, you know, five people, six hours in the sweating sun, because we weren't smart enough to move it somewhere where there was shade, in the sweating sun to realize the whole reason this thing wasn't working is because there was no gas in it. This is the deal. We spent all day looking at the outside of this thing. We spent all day looking at the outside, looking at everything that we could see to try and figure out what was going on. We spent the whole day looking at it tinkering with it. We had screwdrivers and wrenches. We were taking, you know, piece of it apart. We took the lid off of it. We took the seat off of it. We took all, you know, the wheels were coming off. We, we did all this stuff. We did everything we could see to get this thing to work, and we could not make it work. Now, this is the deal. We were so wrong to not look past what we could see. If we would have just taken a second at the very beginning, before we were all being goofballs, and, you know, gosh, I'm a goofball half the time. If we would have taken a second and thought to ourselves, let's look at some things we can't see, like the gas tank, and see if there's gas in it, or oil in it, which there was oil. Let's look at the gas tank. You know, we would have figured it out so quickly. We, we so rarely look at the things that we can't see. We, we seem to be so uh, uh, distracted 
by the things we can see. Like, we're so willing to just kind of accept what we can see and, and kind of maybe take it at that value, but not look any deeper. And we make judgments about that. You know, that's what fuels our decisions. Maybe that's what fuels the opinions we make about ourselves or about others or about friends or about people that work at the church or volunteer at the church. We got to start making these kind of things, like these, we did the same thing. But listen, I say all that to say this, that it's no different in the Bible. I mean, and that's one of the things I like about the Bible. It doesn't take these truths and make them super complicated. In the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, uh, I don't have it on the screen, but I'm just going to tell you about it. 1 Samuel, there was a guy. His name was Samuel. I know how creative that is. 1 Samuel, wrote the book after, named the book after himself. I know, anyone have a book named after them? Anyone? What? It, okay, forget that because all of you are lying. If you could name a book after you, what would you name it? Give me, someone give me one. What would you name the book? Awesome. Perfect name. Just awesome. That's great. What would you call it? Princess Fairies with your, a picture of you. Go ahead. The Life of Brooklyn. There's a book that I saw today when I was helping my beautiful girlfriend clean up her classroom. Babe, what was the name of that book? It was Justin and the something biscuits. Yeah, I put it on Instagram. So if you follow me on Instagram, make sure you like it. I would just, it would just, it's this picture of this, this African-American kid dressed in overalls with a plate of biscuits. And it says Justin and the biscuits. It's, I, it's not. It's fine. Um, it's, I don't know, man. Last one. Give it to me. Instagram for dummies. And it would be written by you. Because you, thank you, some people are clapping, they're like, that's a great idea, man. There's a deal. Yeah, yeah, we can give him a hand, it's good. There's a deal. Samuel had this situation come up where he, his job now is to find this new king of Israel. And this is what happened. He goes to this family, uh, the father's name's Jesse, and he goes to him and is like, hey, bring out all your sons. Now, he brought all of his sons except for one. He left this guy named David in the back. And the whole reason he left David in the back was because David was smaller, he was weaker, he was scrawnier, and he was younger than all of them. So basically, he was just a sixth-grade boy, all right? No offense to sixth-grade boys, you know I love you. But you were kind of like David, very small. Hey, whoa, whoa, no booze, no booze. No, I said no booze. But that was the deal. And this is the thing, this is the thing, this is the thing. You're going to love this. Sixth-grade boys, you're going to love this. Because Samuel looked at Jesse and said, listen, you guys look at the outside, but God looks at the heart. See, and this is, God is not interested in the things that, are, that are, appear on our outside. They don't care about, the, God doesn't care about tattoos. Listen, he doesn't. All right, if no one's ever told you that before, let me be the first. He doesn't care about tattoos. He doesn't care about what hair color you have. God doesn't care about how you do your fingernails, your toenails. God doesn't care. He doesn't care. I'm sorry. He doesn't care. God doesn't care on the clothes you wear, okay? He, there's clothes that he you know, may, you know, like. You know, he was a big fan. Jesus was a big fan of sandals, so he likes sandals, I guess. So that's why I always wear sandals. Not now, but usually. God doesn't care what you wear on your feet. Listen, this is what God cares about, guys. God cares about the heart. He cares about you, who you are inside. Now, this is the thing. We, we sometimes uh, look inside of ourselves, and, and this is just me. Okay, I'll speak about me when I was in junior high. And if you guys were at a, a, a camp, you heard my story and a couple other leaders' stories. Now, listen, when I was in junior high, there was a lot of stuff that was stressing me out. There were a lot of things in my mind, a lot of things in my heart. And there was sometimes in junior high when I would look inside of me and really examine myself, who I was as a person. And this is what would happen. I would actually get scared about what I saw in me. Like, it was so much easier for me to put on a mask 
or fake or be someone else. Like, I'll be, I'll be someone else. I'll be anyone else. Don't make me be the real me. And that, that, sometimes that's what I said. Because I didn't want to be me. I had a lot of stuff going on. Like, I had real hurts and real concerns. Like, I didn't have a lot of friends in school. That was a huge deal in my life. Like, I didn't want to go to school every day and be the kid who doesn't have a lot of friends. Like, no one wants to be that. And so I, I always try to find that thing to attract people to me. So I'd be the loud one, or I'd be, you know, the goofball in class. You know, I'd be all these things, and none of those things were me. You know, God doesn't look at the outside. God looks at the heart. You know, I look at Jesus, and, and this, is, this is where I come to, to find. I come to find that there's a point where we ask ourselves one of two questions. We say this. We say, uh, we look at other people, and we say, uh, look at how clean they are, and look how dirty I am. I'm never going to be good enough. And maybe some of us have said that. Maybe some of us have looked around and been like, man, look at how, look at how godly th that person is. Like, maybe they bring their Bible to church, they worship, they're in student leadership. Like, I wish I could be, look at how clean they are. I can never be like that. Look how dirty I am. And I've said that. That's been me. I've said that. And then some of you might look around and you might say this. Look at them. Look how dirty they are. In comparison, I'm, I'm way better. Like, you look at the person and be like, man, look at them. Look at how they dress. Like, they don't care about worship at all. They're in the back of the room. It doesn't, they don't care about this. They're probably, they don't even want to be here, probably. Man, look at me, though. Dress up nice. Go to church. You know, maybe I, I'm in a Bible club at school. Look how cool I am. Now, listen, this is the thing. Neither of those things lead back to God. All right, one leads to you thinking that you will never measure up to who God is. The other one will lead you thinking that you can be better than God one day. That you somehow have achieved something. That, that if only other people could be like you, that everything would be better because you've achieved something. There's someone else who did this. Listen, there's someone else who did this. His name was Satan, okay? Listen, this guy, he did that. He looked around a room of a build with people and he said, man, I can do it better than these guys. And I am doing it better than these guys. Why shouldn't I be the one in charge? And he'd say this to, you know, he'd say this to himself, and he actually started talking to his angel friends about it. And, and they actually decided to rebel against God. So, so in the very beginning, after he was created by God, he rebelled against him, thinking he could do it all himself. You know, this is the thing. This is what I like about Jesus. I like that Jesus is willing to talk about things just like this. I like that Jesus isn't sitting somewhere worried about himself, not thinking about us. I like the fact that Jesus cares about us and that Jesus wants to be engaged and wants to talk about things that really matter to us in junior high and to me as an adult, stuff that matters to us, stuff that it doesn't matter it was written 2,000 years ago, it applies today. I like that about him. I also like the fact that, that when you see this, he, he's talking, and we're going to go through it in a second. He's talking with such power about it. Like, he wants to be engaged with people. He doesn't want to sit quietly. Jesus really knows how to pick his battles. I'll say that. Jesus doesn't just go looking for an argument or a fight. He enjoys his time alone with God the Father. We talked about that at camp, you know, tog times and having time alone with God. But he loves the ability he has to openly talk about God, his Father. And we find ourselves there right now in Mark chapter 7. And now if you have your Bibles, open them. It's in the New Testament. 
And if you don't have your Bibles, not a big deal. We use them every week. So if you have a Bible, definitely try and bring it because we use it every week. We're going to go through this. Mark chapter 7, and I'm really excited because I think that you guys are going to dig this. Mark chapter 7, starting with the first couple verses. Uh, the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. They had dirty hands or eating food. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing holding to the tradition of the elders. Next slide. Uh, when, they come to the, when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? This is what's happening. Jesus' friends are just doing their thing. They're enjoying themselves. It's like a small group. That's why small groups are so important. That's why we, we do them. That's why we talk about them. If you're not in a small group from last year, you should do a small group this year. It's the most, I don't run small groups. I'm just going to be a small group leader. Small groups is the most important part of what we do here in JHM. I mean, it is, I love small groups because Jesus modeled small groups to us. See, so Jesus is there teaching in his small group. The guys he hangs out with, these 12 guys, are in town doing stuff, and they're eating food. They're not washing their hands first. This ceremony thing, and Jesus isn't a big guy on ceremony, and the Pharisees find this as an opportunity to give Jesus a really hard time and to start coming to him and asking him, you know, who's been asked, like, just who has just had someone come at them just really mad and angry? Like, they're just like, I want to, and then you look at him, and you're like, wow, these guys, these guys are really ready to start a fight. Like, he's really, really mad. All right, put your hands out. That's what their deal was. They were ready. They were looking for an argument with Jesus. Like they just wanted to catch him in something they could use against him. That was the whole purpose. So the next verse, chapter or verse number six, it says, uh, he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. So, listen, he's referencing a guy they know very well, Isaiah. And he's telling him, listen, you are looking at the outside. You are looking at human traditions. You are looking at the things that you think matter. But God is not. God is looking at the heart. He, there's more that matters to God than what you're looking at. There's more. People look at the outside. God looks at the heart. Okay, next verse. Chapter, verse number nine. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your mother and father, and anyone who curses their father and mother uh, is put to death, which was true back then. They'd put you to death. It was, they cut your head off. It was pretty gnarly, actually. Uh, let's be happy we don't live back then, because I would have lost like 25 million heads by now. And my mom still loves me. She's totally gracious and merciful and doesn't cut my head off. So verse 11, but you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is Corbin, which I'm going to talk about in a second, that is devoted to God, that you no longer let them do anything for their mother or father, lest you nullify the word of God by your own tradition that you have handed down, and that you and you do many things like this. So basically what the deal is, uh, 
parents would have money. They'd have like a kind of a pool of money when they got older. And a pool of that money would be set aside to take care of them. So it would be, it would be, it would be the kid's responsibility, the student's responsibility as they get older to one day use that money to take care of their parents. That was what God had in mind for it. Now, tradition said something different. It said that you could actually take this money and, and spend it on whatever you wanted. You could give a little bit to the temple. Uh, you could spend it on, you know, other stuff. You could go and spend it on pizza, and you could go to Sky High, and you could go, you know, fly around and go to different baseball games all around the country. This is the thing. Jesus is looking at this and saying, you have traded the things of God for things that you want. Like, you are looking at the things you want. I am looking at the heart. You look at the outside. I look at the heart. All right, let's keep going. Verse number 14. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. It's very important. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. Verse 16. I skipped 16. Don't worry about 16. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this. So they went into a house. That's why we do small groups in houses. So they went into this house. They were meeting together, just like a little small group. That's why small groups are important. And he said, uh, are you so dull, he asked. This is Jesus talking. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but it goes into their stomach and then out of the body, which we all know what that is. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He said, it's not about foods, guys. It's not about washing your hands. It's not about what you eat. It's not about foods. Verse 20, this is what it's about. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the deal. We sometimes come and find ourselves at a place where we are looking. We just got back from camp. Listen, I love camp. I truly love camp. And if you were at camp, you know that I'm not lying. I love camp. And listen, 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 listen. After getting back from camp and being surrounded by each other and praying together and doing tog time every day and hearing the word of God preached every day and worshiping with Justin every day. And sometimes it's easy for us to come back from camp and look at everything else around us and say, man, everything else is a mess. Good thing we're set. Good. We come back from camp, we say, man, look at the school. School's messed up, man. No one knows who Jesus is. Good thing we have church. We can all just band together. We start finding ourselves looking around us and pointing out things that are evil and that are wrong in the world. And, and we don't focus on ourselves and the ability that we have to be evil in the world. You know, I look at this scripture and I look what Jesus is saying. And I just get this idea in mind that if we were to wheel Satan out here in a cage, say, say next week I sent on Twitter like, hey guys, we caught him. Like, we got him. He's in a cage. We're going to bring him in next week. And you guys are like, oh my gosh, they caught Satan. Like, he's in a cage. And we brought him out here. Listen, brought him out here. He's got huge horns and he, he kind of, you know, looks like David Hasselhoff for some reason. We have no idea why. 
His voice sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. We have no idea why this is, but it's true. He's on fire, all right? We wheel him out here, okay? And he's got, like, I got his pitchfork, and I'm like, hey, you know, you stink. And I'm like, I'm like playing with it. And we turn to him, and we ask him, and we say, Satan, why do you hate people so much? Why do you do so many things to people and put so many things in the way for people to fall away from God? Why do you hate people so much? Do you know what he would say? He would say, I don't hate people. I hate God. I'm not concerned with people. I don't care about any of you. That's what he would say. See, he would say that I hate God so much that I'm going to take away the thing that he loves the most, and that's you. And I will use any means necessary to get this done. I will make you think that you are not good enough for God, if that's what it takes. I will make you think that you are so perfect that you don't need God, if that's what it takes. I will make you feel that you are so alone that the only person you can go to is yourself. Because no one wants to hear what you have to say, if that's what it takes. I, I will lie to you as much as I have to, if that is what it takes. I think about that. I think about God. I think about the fact that, that everyone looks on the outside of, of how we're Listen, listen. How are we really doing? I mean really. Forget the whole thing we sometimes do. The whole, I'm okay, you're okay, we're okay. Forget that, forget that, forget that. Forget about what you're wearing. Forget about, you know, the school you go to. Forget about the, the, the friends you have. Forget about all that stuff. Forget about all the things that everyone else looks at. And think about this. Everyone looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. So if you were to look at your own heart right now, what do you see? Do you see stuff that God has delivered you from, that he loves you so much that he delivered you from it and forgave you from it, and he, he's, he's been there for you? Or do you look in your heart and you see stuff that's still holding you back from God? Do you look in your heart and you see a list of things that, that, that all you want to do is pray for God to take those away from you, and if he did, it would be life-changing? I don't know what those things could be for any of you. I could guess, but I'm not going to guess. But you know, you know you and your heart outside of this context where we come and meet on Saturday. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to shake things up. This is going to be sick. I'm really excited, okay? I really am. Because I think this will be profound, and I really think it will be impactful in your life. If you let it, listen, if you don't take this seriously, it will do nothing for you. But if you just give me seven minutes, I'm begging students, give me seven minutes to try this thing that I want to do with you. Take it seriously. Just open your mind and your heart to God. I'm going to ask leaders to go in the back. Cheryl's going to set you up with some stuff you need. So if you're a leader, go in the back, get the stuff you need. And just listen to me for a second, students. Listen, look up here. This is what we're going to do. We're going to divide up into groups. Girls over here, guys over here, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, okay? But listen, listen, we're not going to do it yet. Just listen. Over the next five to six minutes, this is what we're going to do. 
We're going to be handing out sheets of paper in these little breakout groups. And once again, if you take this seriously, I think it could be life-changing. Or maybe at least have the ability to be. And if you, if, you, if you don't, then you don't, and it'll mean nothing. But for some of you, I think some of you are ready for different. They're going to give you little slips of paper, and this is what you're going to do. On the front of it, you're going to write one of two things. You're going to write what God has delivered you from, what he's freed you from. If you know Jesus, you've been freed from something, either image issues or me, it was my father. Like, everybody, it's different. You've been delivered from something. And on the back, you're going to thank God for how he delivered you. Just a little note to God. Thank you, Father, for delivering me from this and from this. So on the front, you list what he's delivered you from. It can be whatever. On the back, you thank God for it. Now, for some of us, we're still waiting to be delivered, and we're ready to be delivered. We're ready for God to do something. We're ready for it now. So on your card, you're going to write down the things that you just want God to just take away. Like the stuff that you're struggling with, that if, you, if God could just come in your life and just take it out, if he could look past the clothing and the hair and, and, the, and the, the sports and the cleats and, and all that stuff, look past all that stuff, if God could look right at your heart and pull things out, the stuff that's just holding you down, what would those things be? Write those things down. Be, be honest with yourself. And then on the back, write a little prayer. Write a little prayer to God asking him to do it. Word it any way you want. No one is checking this. This isn't homework. Your parents aren't going to see it unless you want to show them. This is for you and God, you and him. So in silence, we don't need to talk. We don't need to mess around. And if you really want to mess around, I'm not going to force you. Go outside if you really want to. But if you really want to do this, just for five minutes. Sixth graders are in the front. Guys, guys over here. Girls are over there. Seventh graders in the middle and eighth graders in the back. You guys can move now in quiet, in silence. The music's going to play. Quietly move. And the leaders are going to set you up with what I just talked about. Take a few minutes and fill those out. I think we need a seventh grade, grade guy, someone over here. Oh, Armand's over there. Got it. Sorry. So just do this. I will end it in a couple minutes. But just take time to really explore your own heart of what God could be doing inside of you. And I'll come back in a couple minutes and we'll wrap this up.
All right, guys, so this is what it's going to look like. If you're still writing, keep writing. Don't let me distract you, okay? This is what it's going to look like. These little papers you just wrote down are yours to keep. And this is what I want you to do with them. Take them home with you. Put them on your mirror. Put them somewhere secret that only you can see in a drawer maybe, but you'll see it often. And make this something that you commit to praying about. And, and if you wrote something down that you want to talk to a leader about before you leave, grab one of us because we want to talk about it with you. But keep it, share it with your parents if you want, but I'm not requiring any of you to. This is between you and God. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to dismiss you guys. Before you leave, you're going to get a handout for small groups. Everyone in this room should sign up for small groups. It, it will be the most impactful part of your year. Uh, I guarantee it. So let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for him giving his life for us on the cross so that we can hear lessons from his life just like this. And Lord, as we look at the outside, you look at the heart. We thank you for loving us and caring about us. And we thank you for the ability to be able to be honest with ourselves. And Lord, as we go and get ready for a week where a lot of us are starting school, um, Lord, keep, keep our focus on you. We thank you. We praise your name in the Son of Jesus Christ. Uh, in his name, amen. Guys, I'll see you later. You're dismissed. If you want to stick around and talk to a leader, please feel free. We're available.